just being silly. Uh, if we, like I said, I'd love it if you guys could someday hear Ryan uh, do his whole thing to that because he's really, really good. Um, thank you for coming. It's nice to see uh, Ryan and Mandy's church, some of the people coming from the youth ministry here tonight just visiting. And uh, nice to have you here. You're definitely welcome. And uh, some visitors that we have here tonight, definitely know that you're always welcome. Come back anytime you want to. Um, we are going to kind of continue with kind of a a theme that we've been running with this month because there's so much emphasis on the whole thing with everybody with the season, you know. So we kind of have talked about some different things that we've uh, gone through. I talked about fear, and I explained to you about being scared and then we talked about people wearing masks and costumes in the world. Then in the midst of all, we had our Speed the Light emphasis, which was amazing. I'm telling you, you guys, I'm amazed that you guys can collect money that week, that quickly that week. I mean, that's fabulous. Challenges me because, you know what, there's many people I come into contact with, and I can definitely ask. There's no reason why I can't ask for a gallon of gas for missionaries. So I think it's a good challenge for each one of us. And tonight I'm going to kind of continue on with the uh, same thing, and we're going to talk about... Um, trick-or-treat, but maybe not necessarily in the way that you think we're going to talk about trick-or-treat. So, hmm. Yeah, that's so cute, huh? Scary, but cute. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I'm sure most of you guys can figure out I'm going to talk about this whole thing with people with Halloween and maybe how people think at this time. And uh, it's a really interesting time. If you've been a Christian uh, for any length of time, if you've been brought up in church or you know anything about it, you can you know that there's a little uneasiness when we talk about Halloween. And uh, there's some who are radically opposed to the Halloween, to the holiday that they call it, and there's still some people, Christians, that say that they want to be take part in it. So there's this odd time. Um, it's basically something that either no one wants to bring up and talk about for fear that someone's either going to say something to them and maybe judge them, or people are going to think they're like these crazy over-the-top radicals if you have an opinion on it also. So, so the, for the most part, what ends up happening instead is there's this hush that takes place. No one really talks about it. Everyone just kind of dances around it, and everyone just kind of whispers. And, you know, I, I, I've been in a part of the groups, you know, it's like, you know, do you like, you know, how do you, you know, people are really, fun, they feel funny about it. It's a weird topic, and uh, there's a reason for that. And I kind of want to talk to you about my kind of transition of how this whole thing happened with me. Because personally, I have been all over the place on this topic. And that's just being honest with you. Uh, years ago, before I got saved, I decorated my house with all those jack-o'-lanterns. And I put up, I will tell you right now, everything was cute. Nothing was scary, because I've never been a scary girl. You know, it's just not me. But um, I like the cute spiders and the cute little cats and, and even the cute skeletons. I thought it was all cute, you know. But as I became a believer and I kind of began to grow my faith and started reading God's word, I start to begin to think that maybe this isn't an image that maybe I want to reject. I didn't know if that was really what I wanted to be doing, maybe to have the whole Halloween thing. So what I ended up doing after a while is I kind of just decided one day that, you know, as I was thinking and pulling stuff out, that I didn't know if that was necessarily what I wanted to do no more. I didn't want to decorate that way. So instead I went to this whole idea, well, okay, now I'm going to decorate fall, you know, pumpkins, you know, the whole like, uh, I still put up lights because I love lights and I put up lights for Easter. I put up lights for everything because I'm just like a light freak. So anybody goes to my house, they know I decorate for just about every holiday under the sun. So, um, 
this kind of happened in a weird way for me because as much as it felt like something I needed to maybe think about a little bit that I kind of felt funny about, my husband didn't get saved for seven years and uh, after us. So he, I didn't really want to freak him out that all of a sudden I was thinking, well, maybe I don't really want to do all this stuff as much. So, you know, I kind of looked at it. You know, he always looked at it, and we all have raised, been raised with the idea that it was an innocent, fun-type holiday, and it was no big deal. And, and it was just a time where people dressed up like Spider-Man and princesses. Although around here, you know they have winter coats, hats, and gloves. We never look like that. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, we... Um, we uh, would drive, you know, run around with the kids or drive around, take our kids and let them get candy. But I, I wondered, even as I put up the decorations, even what I had there, you know, with the fall stuff, would some people still maybe look at my stuff and think that, you know, that's still kind of, you're still kind of celebrating Halloween, you know, that we don't want to talk about. And I kind of thought, well, what could be wrong with what I'm doing? What is it, you know? And I, what I want to really drive home to you tonight is that there are different opinions out there. You can be a Christian, you can be a Christian who's been raised in the church your whole life or someone new, and there's all different opinions on how people look at and talk about the holiday of Halloween. So, um, like I said, we put, you know, if you grew up in this era where around here, Halloween was like a big thing. I mean, we'd always spend time decorating and, and putting up, you know, making costumes. And I was always a room mother for my kids, too. And so we always, like, made cupcakes and we'd do all these things. And, you know, I would plan when I was a kid to go with my brother or a bunch of friends and we'd go trick-or-treating and, you know, live in the t- same town that um, I still live in, Troy Grove, town of 300. So it was one of those things where I really looked at it. It's all innocent fun. But then one day I ran across... Um, what it was that it was all about. And I just didn't know. I didn't really know what it was. And you may know where it's based. You may understand or know what it's all based in, but maybe not all the details. So I thought I'd, I'd kind of explain that to you, where maybe the whole beginnings of Halloween started. And I, I'm sure you've heard that the Catholic Church long ago designated October 31st as the eve of the Holy Ones days. You know, November 1st is All Saints Day. So the night before is the eve of that All Saints Day. So All Hallows' Eve is the prelude to that. And uh, actually, though, it was a pre-Christian pagan holiday which gave Halloween its actual more sinister reasons uh, that people are kind of a little bit questionable about it still today. Uh, The traditions that still go on today are about it. It's actually from a celebration that's drawn from Scottish and Irish folk customs of the celebration. The spelling is S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's actually pronounced Samhain or Samhain. There's two different ways you could pronounce it. It was performed by the priests who were involved in the Druids, and they honored the souls of the dead of the wicked who had died in those last past 12 months. And what they believed what the Druids believed and what these pagans believed was that if a wicked person died, that their body, their souls actually inhabited the bodies of animals. So this is what they believed. And uh, so what, what they believed is that these souls of these good men were taken up immediately and they were taken and carried away and they either, um, you know, were taken up into paradise and taken up into uh, heaven or the souls of the wicked actually inhabited inhabited the uh, bodies of animals, or they instead wandered between a space between the earth and the moon, is what they believed. That was their basis of what they believed. So this celebration that took place actually originated from that belief. 
That's what Halloween actually comes from. And see, um, this is one, the, the whole thing that it ends up taking place is this is a belief that this one night that these um, tortured souls return to the original homes that they were raised in, born in, part of. So these same Druids believe that on Halloween, Halloween that ghosts and goblins and witches and fairies and elves, all those things came out to harm people on that night, is what they believed. And out of their fear and out of their desire to exercise the ghost from these animals or to free yourself from the influence of the fact that they could try to get you, what you were supposed to do is you were supposed to give them a treat so that they would leave you alone or provide shelter for them at night. I guess, I don't know if you just were supposed to open up your doors and let animals come live in. I don't really, they didn't explain that whole thing, so I'm just thinking, um, my life has a lot of cats. I don't know if that would, (laughs) I have a lot of cats. I don't know, but I have, you know, to give them shelter. And if they were satisfied with what you gave them and were um, for a treat or a shelter, then what they would do is they'd hopefully leave you in peace. And if you didn't, though, those ghosts, though, would trick you by casting a spell on you and your home. So this is the basis of where this began. And sadly, these traditions just got passed down over and over and over and over again. You know, sadly what ends up happening is a lot of times the good traditions, the good things in our lives don't necessarily get passed down as quickly and as easily as sometimes the things that aren't so hot that get passed down. And uh, these things got passed down even in um, Christian circles. And in more mainstream societies, they started to still take place. And after the year of 300 AD, when Roman Emperor Constantine began to Christianize the Roman Empire that took place, uh, multitudes of these immoral pagans who still practiced these beliefs flocked into the church. And what happened is they became members of it, and they brought these pagan rituals with them still. These still these same things, even though they said they were Christian, even though they said they didn't believe this, they still had a lot of these basis in believing that there's um, forms of animism that take place, that souls could enter into the bodies of animals. Now, this doesn't agree with the Christian belief, obviously. This doesn't agree. But at the time, the Roman Catholic Church did not like it. They didn't like what was happening. Uh, They didn't like it, but sadly, because of what happens a lot of times in churches, no matter what denomination, they like the numbers. (laughs) They like the numbers it brought into their church. And they like the idea that um, they had more strength combined with these people because there was more amongst them, more people that could be labeled Catholic, even whether or not they really were deep down in beliefs. And, uh, you know, of course, the income, too. I mean, you've got people who brought money into the church, and they didn't really want to let go of the money, the income part of that. So they allowed these people to keep their pagan ritual, still the one that was based in all this um, ritualism. They allowed it to still take place, but they decided instead to Christianize it. And this is where the All Saints Day comes in, because it is still honoring those saints who died the year before but they're leaving off the fact that it was because of their belief that they were entering into the souls of animals. So there's actually more to it. This mass that was held in the the Catholic Church was called um, All Hallow Mass, which eventually led to the evening before being called Halloween, which of course means hallowed or holy evening. 
Now, I say all this to make you kind of just wonder, you know, hmm, what, what does this mean for me today? Because I know we kind of wonder sometimes, you know, what does this mean? And, and how should we look at this whole thing with Halloween? And, and uh, how do we do this? Because you hear all different opinions. You hear all these different things. Now, I think the first thing we have to say, honestly and truthfully, if we really are truly Christian, we probably, if we lived in those days, if we were alive in those years preceding Christianity, um, we probably, or around the time before, that, you know, we believed in Christianity, but it was at that time, we wouldn't have probably taken play, part in those rituals. You know, hopefully we wouldn't have taken part in something that was actually happening at that time. We would have stopped and thought about it. But um, sadly, a lot of times these people that come in are missed, these people that happened in their church in their days, there's these people that were practicing this, and they didn't even realize that this was something that was against really got what God would want. It just became a tradition that was passed down generation after generation. Paganism, it was combined. We all know what God's word talks about with that. It says, he talks about it's, it's bad yeast. He says that's when you have to be careful because a whole group of people can be contaminated because somebody being taught wrong things. Um, these people, though, what happened is they just simply looked at it as just a simple day of fun. It was just fun. There was probably people that didn't necessarily believe that these animals really had souls of humans in them, but they still kind of practiced what was going on. And uh, they're still tell- today people still dress up like as their favorite superhero or their animal, you know, we got Spidey, um, princess, cartoon character. There's still people that dress up and then enjoy the frivolity of it all. I mean, just the, the carelessness, the ha- just the fun, you know, the, the idea that we're just going to go out and we're going to put costumes on and we're going to enjoy ourselves. But I really want to talk to you because I know you guys are thinking I'm going one way. I want, I want you to read a scripture verse with me because I want you to read along with me in Romans 14 um, what the Bible actually has to say about it. What does God's holy word have to say about Halloween. Now, you might think, well, it doesn't mention Halloween. But there's things that it mentions along with the way we could look at Halloween, and we can kind of see where maybe God is going with this. Um, for sure, there are some things that are not at all ambiguous about what's celebrated along with Halloween. Now, if you've been up here in youth ministry with us before, you know how I feel about movies or things that have fear, of, um, anything that brings fear, violence, involved. Not for it. Not for it. If you are a true follower of Christ, the one thing you should never do is allow yourself to really view and take part of a lot of violence. God's word makes it clear that we should never be entertained by violence, ever. It's not something we should take part in. Violence in itself is something that God hates. He despises it. He says a violent, a violent nation, a nation will uh, be the undoing of us at the end because he just despises it so much, and that's when he will come back. So the thing is, we should for sure avoid things that have anything to do with violence or things that would develop more fear in our lives. You know, Halloween is one of the most popular nights for movie rentals. I mean, I'm sure you've seen uh, video stores. They stock up all their videos, their horror movies, they stock up at this time of the year because they know people are going to come in and rent a whole group of them, you know, for the weekend. And, uh, you know, there's always a new movie out. Every time at this time of year, you know you're going to have a new scary show out. I mean, you don't wonder, could they possibly find another way to kill somebody? But they do. They somehow do. 
And uh, of course, there's new movies again. It's always around Halloween time. Of course, we have movies. We have Halloween. You know, or Nightmare on Elm Street, or Friday the 13th, or how about we've got now five. Saw five. Not one, two, three. We're already on five. Okay. And then there's the haunting of Molly uh, Hartley that's coming out on this Friday. So you got all these shows that are nothing about but blood and horror and violence. We've discussed this topic in youth ministry many times. Last night at prayer, we have prayer every Tuesday night. Um, something that somebody brought up again, talked about what they were going to do for the weekend. You know, somebody that's not really been raised in our youth ministry, but someone that's taken part on Tuesday nights, and they're talking about how that's what they're going to do all weekend. You know, they're older. They're not youth age, so it's kind of tough. But I just said to him, you know, maybe you should stop and think about that because I don't know if it's necessarily good for you if you say that you're a real follower of Christ because there's something really not right with us if we're that entertained by someone being murdered because God's word tells us that he despises the fact that we could be so entertained by violence. And also he says he looks at murder as even hate. That's how much he takes it and doesn't like it. Jonah 3.8 says, But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. And Psalm 23.4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Fear is never from God. Fear is from the enemy the devil. So when we're afraid, you know, when we walk outside, we say that we're really strong, we're macho, nothing scares us. We watch these shows, we go out in the dark, we go to get in our car, or we're in our room, we turn off the light, and we all do these things like this because we're afraid. Even if we don't want to admit it, we have those moments of fear. You know, I can go out, I have a little tiny kitten I'm trying to train, I go outside in the middle of the night, you know, set it out there. You still do one of the looks around, you know. You, you try not to be afraid, but it's almost like been ingrained so much in your head from seeing things that you shouldn't have seen. Well, other things in God's Word make it clear that some things, like I say, he doesn't like violence, he doesn't like murder, but there's other things in God's Word that makes it clear that some things that he really hates that are associated with Halloween that are against God specifically in his word is stuff like witchcraft, uh, divination, and the occult. Specifically calls out those things and says they're, they're evil in his eyes. So obviously we see that those things God is going to not allow. He's not going to want us to take part in them when it comes time with Halloween. Now, a lot of times we can look at Halloween and we can say it's an innocent thing, but we see that a lot of the world has pushed a lot of this evil stuff upon that because of the pagan holidays these druids doing these things now it may not be that way for you you may be thinking that's not how i look at halloween and uh that's kind of where i want to go with you know and to you it might be just the plain old dressing up you know and and going out for candy because that was fun you know or um i didn't take part like i said i didn't take part in the scary stuff but i still liked the fun of the costumes i still enjoyed the getting dressed up and and going out and getting candy and hanging out with your friends and walking through the town of trigger which at them days felt like it was so huge you know where it's literally like four blocks there's nothing to it but you know when you're little for some reason it seemed like it was a lot but i want to read uh, romans 14 and i want to look at another situation like like situation that paul was dealing with like i said which isn't a whole lot different it uh, goes through and it talks about um, some of the other things that's going on with Paul at the time. I'm actually going to read to you out of the message. Now, I don't know if you're real familiar with it. 
Um, if you're reading the NIV, you can kind of read along with me, but I'm going to read you out of the message just more uh, today. So it says here in, in uh, the message, it says, Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something that you don't agree with, even when it seems that they are strong on opinions but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. For instance, a person who has been around for a while might well be convinced that he can eat anything on the table, while another, while in a different background, might assume all Christians should be vegetarians and eat accordingly. But since both are guests at Christ's table, wouldn't it be terribly rude if they fell to criticizing what the other ate or didn't eat? God, after all, invited them both to the table. Do you have any business crossing people off the guest list or interfering with God's welcome? If there are corrections to be made or manners to be learned, God can handle that without your help. Or say one person thinks that some days should be set aside as holy and other thinks that each day is pretty much like any other. There are good reasons either way. So each person is free to follow the convictions of conscience. What's important in all this is that you keep a holy day. Keep it for God's sake. If you eat meat, eat it to the glory of God and thank God for prime rib. If you're a vegetarian, eat vegetables to the glory of God and thank God for broccoli. None of us are permitted to insist on our own matters, our own way in these matters. It's God that we are answerable to. All the way from life to death and everything in between, not each other. That's why Jesus lived and died and then lived again so that he could be our master across the entire range of life and death and free us from the petty tyrannies of each other. So where does that leave you when you criticize a brother? And where does that leave you when you condescend to a sister? I'd say it leaves you looking pretty silly, or worse. Eventually, we're all going to end up kneeling side by side in the place of judgment, facing God. Your critical and condescending ways aren't going to improve your position there one bit. Read it for yourself in Scripture. It says, as I read and live and breathe, God says, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will tell the honest truth that I and only am, that only I am God. So it says, so tend to your knitting. You've got your hands full just taking care of your own life before God. Forget about deciding what's right for each other. Here's what you need to be concerned about, that you don't get in the way of someone else making life more difficult than it already is. I'm convinced, Jesus convinced me, that everything as it is in itself is holy. We, of course, by the way that we treat it or talk about it, can contaminate it. If you confuse others by making a big issue over what they eat or don't eat, you're no longer a companion with them in love, are you? These, remember, are persons for whom Christ died. Would you risk sending them to hell over an item in their diet? Don't you dare let a piece of God-blessed food become an occasion of soul poisoning. God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach, for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together and completes it with joy. Your single-minded task is to serve Christ. Do that and you'll kill two birds with one stone, pleasing the God above you and proving your worth to the people who are around you. Basically goes on, it says, cultivate your own relationship with God, but don't impose on it on others. You're fortunate if your behavior and belief are coherent, but if you're not sure, if you notice that you're acting in ways inconsistent with what you believe, some days trying to impose your opinions on others, other days just trying to please them, then you know that you're out of line. If the way that you live isn't consistent with what you believe, then it's wrong. So, some people at this time were thinking that there were certain things that they were eating were wrong. It was wrong to eat meat, you know. And they didn't believe that um, the pagan gods to whom the meat was sacrificed actually existed, so they didn't think it was that big of a deal. To them, they're thinking, well, who cares if you eat meat if this is sacrificed to a god because I don't believe that these gods existed. 
And then there's these other Christians who believe that it was wrong to eat anything that could possibly be dedicated to a pagan god or false idol. But Paul goes on and says to them, that's fine. If you're uncomfortable with eating it, then just don't do it. He says there are other Christians who are going to eat this meat, but they have a right to do so. Now, what I'm telling you is this. I don't want you to walk out of here and feeling horrible if you have trick-or-treated. <laughs> If you're planning on trick-or-treating this week, because sometimes people, I think, sometimes we feel horrible because we're thinking, okay, it's not part of the Christian thing. It's not. I mean, it isn't based. I w- the reason why I'm telling you what it was based in is so that you have the knowledge, because I didn't know the knowledge of what it was based in. I didn't know. I just thought it was a simple and innocent holiday. But I want you to understand, three-quarters of the world out there doesn't understand that it's a pagan holiday. So if we walk around really self-righteous all the time and we walk up to people all the time and say, you know, you're celebrating Halloween, uh, you're going to hell because, like, that's pagan. It's not going to come across very well. So I think you have to understand that, you know what, if we're really concerned, if we're really motivated and, and really concerned about somebody, let's just start really thinking about the fact that we should pray for them, that their eyes will see the truth. This, this is something that's not right. When I first came in, people you know, got saved and I started coming to the church. People told me that certain things weren't good. At the time, I didn't understand. You're reading God's word and you're trying to get it, but not everything's making sense at the beginning. And you're just trying to think. And I had a couple people say, well, you shouldn't do that. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. Don't do this. Do this. And you know, you're just walking around going, I don't even know what to do with myself. You know, but then I had a husband who didn't necessarily believe anything that I was learning he wasn't saved yet. He didn't understand salvation. He didn't understand where I was coming from. But I just decided, you know what, I'm going to not do the evil things. And not that it was necessarily right, but I decided to not stop my kids from doing everything that they were doing, taking part in things, because he wouldn't have liked it at the time. And, you know, over time, I think my kids started to realize there's certain things that maybe they didn't want to take part in. And it was more on their own. And, and uh, as like I said, I was one day on my own that I felt like, you know, I don't really want to put out the scarier things, even though they were cute scary. I wanted to just do the certain other things that was just more fall, you know. But I let God kind of work upon my heart. I think that a lot of times, though, we feel as though we are supposed to go out and clarify to the world everything. And I think sometimes we just have to let God do its work sometimes. You know, let, let the Holy Spirit show us. If we're really concerned, sometimes I think what we do is we walk around and we say things to people, but we don't necessarily pray for them. You know, we might think our words are going to have a lot of effect by walking up and saying, yeah, um, you shouldn't do certain things, you know. But the thing is, Paul says, if they don't feel it's evil, and if it's innocent to them, they don't understand it. You know, you could explain it to them, and then with what, you know, that it's, it, but do it in the right way. I think there's sometimes people come on so strong, you know, that sometimes it's like, do you realize that, you know, what you're doing? I mean, you know, it's, it's a pagan holiday. Well, if they're not believers, they're not going to understand you anyway. They're not going to get it. They don't really care because they don't understand the messages of salvation. They don't understand what Jesus has done for you. So they're not going to care whether it's pagan or not. To them, they don't care. That's not important to them at all at that point in their life. And it wouldn't have been to me. Somebody would have come up to me and told me when I was, before I was 28 years old that, you know, that's a pagan holiday. I'd be like, I don't even know what pagan means. And, okay, I still get candy though, right? (laughs) I'd be like, "I I don't know what it means. You know, but as time went on and I started to realize what it was, God started to show me that there were certain things I didn't need to take part in. Um, These things that Paul was talking about are not unlike Halloween. 
and the controversy that takes place all over churches still because churches everywhere are filled with people not knowing what to do with it. And uh, like I say, people are just confused. They just want to whisper, you know, I, no one wants to admit anything. They're all scared to death. And some people are just adamantly, they don't want any part of Halloween, and that's great. You know, but the thing is, it's their, that's, their, that's your opinion. You know, the thing is, we do have a holiday that's still steeped in tradition that it was to pagan gods. And uh, some people know that, and they still celebrate it. Some people take part of dressing their little kids up that are like 18 months old and putting a little costume on them, and they don't one bit think about it as a pagan tradition. They don't think it is an evil act. They don't see it that way. And I think what Paul's trying to explain here in God's word is that if they don't really see it as an evil thing, then why are we trying to throw all this guilt on them about it? They are not seeing it as an evil at that moment. You know what, if we're really concerned, start to pray that God will show them his truth for one thing, the message of salvation, because they're not going to get it otherwise. But um, after that, then that they will see that there are certain things that maybe they need to change about their lives. Um, My point is tonight, think about what you believe. What do you believe? You you, You learn this stuff. Think about what it is that you believe and then live it. What's your opinion? But I don't think necessarily we need to walk around and making people feel horrible or bad. I think we just need to pray. Unless these people walk up and ask you your opinion. I think there's a whole lot of Christians walking out their dog telling, them, telling you their opinion when you never asked for it. I'm, I had people do that to me when I wasn't saved yet. They come up and start telling me, yeah, you know, there's certain things that you shouldn't be doing. I'm like, listen, whatever. You know, because I didn't even know who Jesus was. I didn't understand why they were trying to tell me all these things all the time because I didn't even understand salvation in Jesus. You know, but the thing is, we have to let people understand that there's truth as they're, once they're saved, what this is based in. Now, like I said, I am firm under the belief there's some kids, I don't, I, I don't look at my neighbor and think they're evil because they dress up their 18-month-old and go out for candy. I don't think that they're evil. I think that God has pours grace upon those people because they, they're not aware. They don't know his truth and they don't understand. But I do think that there's something wrong with people who um, fill their heads with nothing but horror movies <laughs> and fear and blood and everything like that, and that's entertainment. But I would tell you, I had a lot of people that in my past that would tell me that Halloween was evil, and then I'd listen to some of their choices on media, and I was like, dude, you need to quit telling me to quit trick-or-treating because you're watching some stuff that's not so hot. You know, That's how I felt after a while. For me, I don't lock my doors and shut my lights off and hide in my house and pretend like I'm not home. <laughs> I don't. I don't give out tracks. I don't walk up to every single person at my door and say, Jesus loves you. I don't do it. Um, I don't blare Christian music when people walk up to my door. You know, the thing is, I just be me, and I smile, and I answer the door, and I also go out and buy the biggest candy bars I could possibly give them. And uh, I make friends with them as much as I can. Now, I live in a town of 300. Now, I want you to know, people know who we are. People know what me and John believe. People know that we believe in Jesus Christ. People know they read my name in the paper, and they know I'm a youth pastor. They know that. But the thing is, you know what? 
I just look at it as an opportunity. How many times do I have someone come into my door that I can pray for every single person that knocks on my door and says trick or treat? Every single person that walks up to my house, I pray for them. Now, they don't know it. I don't sit there and say, in Jesus' name, you know, or touch them. I do touch people a lot. People don't realize that when I touch you guys a lot of times, I'm praying for you. I, I'm weird that way. I used to go to concerts all the time, and I would go and I'd touch people and uh, lay my hands on them because I believe in that, you know. So I would do this, and I'd pray for them. People didn't have a clue, but uh, I did it. But, you know, the thing is, I just kind of look at it as an opportunity to let my light shine. God says, let your light shine before all men. And like I say, I just think it's an opportunity to share who you are with others. When the people come to your door, you can tell them that you have care, that I'm not hiding, I'm not pretending. I mean, do I, like, watch evil? No. You know, at this point in our age, we're not going to go trick-or-treating, you know. But I'm still going to, um, when people come up to my door, and they are involved in something that they innocently don't realize. I'm hoping that I can develop a relationship with them over time that they'll answer me, ask me questions that I can answer in the future that are going to be questions that are, about, are going to be about life issues, about salvation, about God. And uh, hopefully they're going to see that I'm approachable and that they can ask me those tough questions that they have. I don't give to them out of fear. I don't give out of the fact that, oh, if I don't give to them, they're going to trick me. Um, if anybody knows, I've told you guys a story. I had many things stolen over <laughs> the years from my house, and I used to be really radical, and I used to chase down people all the time because I was out of control until I got saved. And, uh, but the thing is, you know what? I, I, I just kind of look at it as an opportunity really just to reach out. I don't have people knocking on my door every day. I don't have people coming up to me and, and saying hi and getting to know people that moved into town that I have never seen before. And I just start praying before people come up to my door that I'm just, anybody that comes up, I'm like, God, I just pray for these people. I just pray that you would have opportunity to show who you are in their lives. And, you know, just smile and get to know who they are. And I think that's what's really important, you know. Sometimes I just think we get so wrapped up in things that are right, wrong, black, white, even though I truly believe in black and white when it comes to evil and certain things. But I think if people don't understand something is evil, it's just no different than what Paul's saying here in the Bible. People didn't realize this meat was sacrificed to idols. They didn't realize it. And to them, it wasn't evil. Don't make it an issue. You don't have to make it an issue. Just look at the, the whole Halloween issue as, as just an opportunity, maybe to just pray. Still avoid horror, violence, that things aren't good for you. But uh, don't necessarily think that someone's going to hell just because they're, you know, in a caterpillar costume at your door. You know, just, it's not necessarily true. Not necessarily true. So anyway, I want to pray for you. Because I'm going to tell you, I know there's no possible way that I don't have people who are here not going to go trick-or-treating. You're going to have, there's going to be people going to go trick-or-treating. There's people in all different denominations that go all the time. I want to pray for safety for people because that's the main thing that kids are safe that people are protected when they're out there and they're doing stuff like this because it's a society that we might not I might not take part in but I mean it's going to happen so if you just bow your heads with me and let me pray 
Lord, I just pray that you would just be with everybody, Lord God, who is going to trick-or-treat um, in this next couple days, Lord. I just pray that you would just protect and um, guard each person, every little kid, every uh, teenager, every person that's going to be walking around. I just pray that they would be safe, Lord, that there would be no problems, that uh, there would be protection on them, Lord. I just pray that um, you would also, Lord God, just start to reveal your truth to people, Lord, that they would know that you exist, that you're a real God, and that you're not a God that's... Um, distant but you're a god that wants to be part of their daily lives and uh, be intimate and in a relationship close with them i just pray for each person that's here tonight lord that they would um, know you more and more and uh, lord i just pray that you would um, start to reveal yourself to them lord i just pray that you would also go home with each person that's here tonight protect them give give them keep them all safe lord grant them traveling mercies lord be with their families this coming week and, Lord, we just thank you for everything that you did tonight. Lord, we just thank you for your blessings upon CYM and each one of us, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If anybody has never accepted Jesus as your Savior, I want to give you an opportunity. Always know that's the best decision you could ever make. Best decision. I'm always walking around. You can come up and tell me anything that you need prayer for. If you want to talk to me about even what Jesus what the whole thing is about, I'm here to answer questions. Any of the leaders, too. So uh, thank you for coming, okay?